Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. Today we talk about demons. When I was raised uh, in my Lutheran church in Omaha when I was 13 in confirmation class, our pastor taught demons don't really exist. When they talk about demons in the New Testament, they're really talking about epilepsy, but they didn't have terms in which to put that back in those days, so they thought they were demons. Well, he was my pastor. I believed him. But that doesn't work. Then how come the epileptics know who Jesus is when nobody else does in the New Testament? That doesn't work, but I believed him. And then at age 19, I was in a cabin, and I had some very strange things happen that I won't go into. And I had to conclude demons are real. Now, I should have believed it because the Bible teaches it, not because of an experience I had. But what I want us to do this, on this program is to discover demons are real, but the power of God is more real. So would you take out your Bible? We turn to the book of Acts in the New Testament, Acts chapter 16, and let's learn about demons and God's power over demons. Acts chapter 16, let's pray first. Father, it is possible someone watching this program is struggling with a demon. They need to be delivered, and we would pray, Lord, you would set that person free in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, open our ears and hearts now, open my mouth, and speak to us, Lord, about this topic. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 16, a slave girl gets delivered from a demon. Acts chapter 16, we're starting at verse 16. It happened that as we, Paul and the, uh, his companions, were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit, etc., Here's the first lesson I want you to get. Satan likes to interrupt prayer. Notice the apostles are on their way to pray, and Satan interrupts that. He wants to interrupt your prayer life. There's an old saying, Satan trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on his knees. If you're a praying Christian, the devil's afraid of you, so he's going to do everything he can to keep you from praying. Uh, there's another saying, when it comes to prayer, Satan will always give you something else to do if only adjusting a window shade. So let me ask you something. Do you have a prayer life? Do you have a time in the morning or evening, just some regular time, regularly, daily, when it's just you and God and you talk to God? Get that if you don't have it. There's a, a, I, I have this plaque hanging on my wall, Alfred Lord Tennyson, more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. So get a prayer life. Have a regular time every day where you pray so that miracles will be wrought in your life. But know this, the devil will throw everything he can think of to keep you from praying. Well, give the devil a coronary. Pray anyway. I was talking with a couple a while ago, and they said, but pastor, if everything's predestined, why pray? I think that's a good hard question, but I think there's an answer to it. 
God not only predestines the ends, he predestines the means to the ends. And God has predestined that prayer works and that he'll use our prayers to get his ends accomplished. So one reason we pray is because God's predestined us and told us prayer works. But you know another reason I pray? I'm a nervous wreck if I don't pray. Prayer calms me down. Prayer gives me peace. Prayer helps me remember God's in control of all this. So again, pray. Get a prayer life. Look at verse 16. They're on their way to pray. Acts 16, verse 16. And a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us. Now, let me stop there. Literally, in the Greek, it means she had a python spirit. The python spirit was a mythical snake that they worshipped in Delphi, Greece, where they had the famous Delphic oracle. People would come from all over the ancient world to get messages from this pagan priest because supposedly the python snake would speak through the priest and give the people supernatural knowledge. And, you know, we call this today channeling. You go to a seance and the psychic will channel dead Uncle Joe and what he wants to tell you. Um, well, you know, according to the Bible, no, in reality, this girl was demon-possessed. She had a demon. Possibly, she really was in touch with some supernatural wisdom by which she told fortunes. Um, so here's the next lesson. Not all miracles are from God. Jesus said, Matthew 24, false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect, the chosen ones. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, the Antichrist will come with all power and with pretended signs and wonders. In other words, Satan can do miracles. Mary Baker Eddy, founder of the Christian science religion, which is not Christian, they said she could do miracles, healing miracles. Maybe she could. That doesn't mean her religion is from God because it contradicts scripture. I saw that uh, he's coming to town, the psychic by the name of John Edward. Maybe you've seen this awful TV show called Crossing Over where he will stand up and tell people in the studio audience, your mother is telling you from the grave this or your dead uh, Aunt Edna is telling me that and he'll do all and people will cry in the audience, you know. Well, I'm guessing most of that is bogus, but maybe he's tapping into some demonic supernatural knowledge and doesn't mean it's from God. My mom, before she died, started watching this psychic Sylvia on the Montel Williams show. And, and I said, Mom, Christians are not to follow psychics. You know, she's not talking to angels. She's talking to demons. So we need to, you know, if you're a Christian, don't read your horoscope. Don't call psychics. Don't go to seances. Don't do Christian yoga at your church. It grieves me that churches are bringing yoga in. We stay away from the occult, and this book is what guides us, not a psychic. Look at verse 16. This girl was bringing her masters much profit by fortune-telling. Here's the next lesson. There's money in the occult. Go to the Barnes & Noble bookstore and look at how huge the New Age section is. Look in the one ads about all the psychic, you know, dial 1-900-PSYCHIC. There's money in the occult. And, and I'll say this too. Beware of the Christian occult. Uh, somebody got a letter from the Reverend Robert Tilton, 
Uh, he says he's a Christian preacher. I've seen him on TV. He's horrible. And you, if you want your miracle, you have to be obedient to God. The way you're obedient is by sending me money. And somebody I know got this letter. Is it true, Pastor? Do I have to send this guy money to truly be obedient? And I said, no. But Peter Popoff, Tilton, there's a few preachers on TV. And I'll say this. Beware of Christian prophets who are in it for the prophet. Look at verse 17. Following after Paul and us, she, the girl, demon-possessed girl, kept crying out, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. Now, here's the next lesson. Satan can tell the truth. This woman's telling the truth. These are the prophets of the Most High God. And remember when Jesus was preaching in a synagogue, some guy with a demon, I know who you are, Jesus, you're the Holy One of God. And... Satan's sneaky. He will tell you some truth to get you to buy a lie. This is called the Satan sandwich. He'll tell a little truth here and a little truth here to get you to buy the lie in between. Let me give you an example. Recently, the Reverend Sung Myung Moon died. A man that was born in Korea in 1920, he said he was the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now he's dead. Well, some years ago, I got a letter. Pastor, we will pay all your expenses and fly you out to Washington, D.C. America needs to get back to God, and America needs to pray. Would you come and join us? And I read it, I thought, well, it's certainly true. We need to get back to God. We need to pray, but something's fishy here. So I called the number, and I said, are you by any chance part of the Unification Church of the Reverend Sung Myung Moon, the Moonies? And you could tell they didn't want to answer the question. But finally they said yes, and I said, thanks, not interested. But you know what Satan will do? He'll tell you a little truth here. And a little truth here, America needs God, we need to pray, to get you to buy the lie in between, the Reverend Moon is the second coming of Christ. Sylvia on Montel does that. You know, she talks about angels. She talks about going to church to get you to buy the lie that you should be communicating with the dead. The Bible says you don't communicate with the dead. Let's look at verse 18. She continued doing this yelling for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed. <laughs> uh, next lesson, Satan likes to annoy God's servants. Here's the Apostle Paul going all over the Roman Empire preaching the gospel, and Satan is out to annoy him. If you go to Wartburg, Germany, you can visit Wartburg Castle, where Martin Luther hid out for one year uh, to protect himself from the Catholics because the Reformation had started. There is supposedly a stain on the wall of Luther's room where he translated the Bible into German, and it's supposedly an ink stain because Luther took one night uh, an ink well and threw it at the devil, supposedly. And if you do read the writings of Luther, he struggled with the devil. And my belief is this, if you're truly following Christ, don't expect the devil to leave you alone. He will trouble you, but that means you're doing something right. I mean, I remember some time ago, the Star Tribune printed a letter that I wrote in the letter to the editor section. I don't remember if it was against abortion or homosexuality or something, but they printed it. Well, one of the men of my church got angry. Pastor Brock, what if people read that and start picketing our church? And I, th I should have said it maybe, but I didn't. But I thought, then we're doing something right. <laughs> you know, if you're following Christ and doing the work of the Lord, Expect the devil to get annoyed by you and try to annoy you back. 
Let's look at verse 18. Acts chapter 14, verse 18. Whoops, where are we at here? Acts chapter 16, verse 18. She continued doing this many days. Paul was greatly annoyed, and Paul turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. Here's the next lesson. Demons exist. Paul wasn't casting epilepsy out. He was casting demons out. And do you know in our cultured, educated age, we think we're too sophisticated to believe in demons? That's just what the devil wants. Years ago, Keith Green wrote a song sung by the devil, and here it is. My job keeps getting easier as time keeps slipping away. I can imitate the brightest light and make the night look just like day. I put some truth in every lie to tickle itching ears. You know, I'm drawing people just like flies. They like what they hear. I'm gaining power by the hour. They're falling by the score. You know, it's getting very simple now since no one believes in me anymore. Oh, heaven's just a state of mind, my books read on your shelf. Oh, have you heard that God is dead? I made that one up myself. They dabble in magic spells. They get their fortunes read. They heard the truth but turned away, and they followed me instead. I used to have to sneak around, but now they just open their doors. It's getting rather easy now since no one believes in me anymore. And Christian, if you take the Bible seriously, the only conclusion you can come up with is... The devil and demons are real, but God is more real. Look at the next part of the verse. Uh, Acts 16, verse 18. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and it came out that very moment. Now, here's the main lesson of this story. Christians have power over Satan in Jesus' name. Let me repeat that. You and I as Christians, the reason the devil is afraid of us is because we have power over the devil in Jesus' name. Here is a man that's a zookeeper. He goes into the tiger cage to clean it out, and after he gets done, he comes out, and somebody says, Oh, you're a brave man. Well, why is that? You went into that tiger's cage all by yourself? You're a brave man. He said, I'm not a brave man. That's an old tiger. It ain't got no teeth. <laughs> We need to remember that about the devil. Yes, the devil barks loud. He can scare us. But listen, his teeth have been pulled out. When Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, Jesus pulled us out of Satan's kingdom, washed us of our sins through Christ's blood. We are now in Christ's kingdom, not Satan's kingdom. So you've got to remember that, that we have power over the devil in Jesus' name. I mean, sometimes I have wicked, evil thoughts, and I've just got to say out loud, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. I had some elderly woman call, and she said, you know, I get these demonic things happening when I'm laying in bed at night. What do I do? And I said, I've had that too, and, and I do two things when I go to bed. Number one, I pray, God, send your angels tonight to protect me in the bed. And number two, I pray, God, surround and fill me with your Holy Spirit and protect me through this night. Third thing you can do is you plead the blood. And you say, God, I believe when Jesus shed his blood, he forgave all my sins at Calvary, so now I'm forgiven. I belong to Christ, not to the devil. But we have, we have power over Satan in Jesus' name. It was in the secular newspaper here in the Twin Cities. This elderly woman was walking on her lawn to get to her door, and a thief came, and she pointed at him and said, in the name of Jesus, you leave me alone, and he ran. <laughs> so we have power over Satan in Jesus' name, and we, we need to use it more. 
Let's look at verse 19. But when her master saw that their hope for profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace. Here's the next lesson. True Christianity puts a dent in the world's business. The, these slave owners now can't get money out of this girl because now their business is, is gone. If, if we are truly following Christ in our culture, it will put a dent in Satan's business. Do you know who John Wesley was, founder of the Methodist Church, went on horseback all over England preaching the gospel in the 1700s. Thousands of people got converted and baptized by John Wesley. Well, a hundred years later, some man in England is looking for the pub in the town, and he can't find the pub. So he stops the man on the street, you know, where's your pub? Well, we don't have a pub. He said, you're kidding, every English town has a pub. Why don't you have a pub? And the man looked up and said, 100 years ago, John Wesley passed through our town. <laughs> and you know, if we as Christians are living as Christians, it will put a dent in the devil's business. Uh, for instance, there was a certain um, a video store that I used to go to. It had great classic movies, old classics. So I went there. Then I noticed they have this whole porn section of hardcore pornography. And I got in the car and I thought, I'm not coming back here. And then it says, as if the Lord tapped me on the shoulder. Tom, shouldn't you go back and tell that owner why you're not coming back? <laughs> so I said a prayer. I went in there. I said, you know, I, I've been a customer of yours, but I won't be back. Well, why not? Well, you've got this whole porn section over here. I don't want to support a business that does pornography. Oh, listen, I don't believe in it either. I'm a Catholic, but you know, you've got to be competitive. I said, if you're a Catholic, then get rid of the pornography. Trust God to, keep, to meet your needs. Well, you know what happened? I noticed that, I don't know, within a year, that place is closed. Pornography didn't save him. And, and if we are going to uh, follow Christ, we need to put a dent in the devil's business. The Holiday Gas Station by my house. You know, they sell Playboy, Penthouse, Hustler, all this stuff. And I didn't realize that. Then I saw it. And so I, I said to the gal, you know, can I give you a message for your manager? I don't want to give you my money if you're going to sell that kind of stuff. Oh, I know. And so and then, and then uh, about a year later, I went back in, still was there. I did it a second time. I'm not going to that place anymore. You know, so we need to just not talk it. We need to live it and put a dent in the devil's business. Let's look at verse 19. They seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, These men are throwing our city into confusion. Being Jews, uh, they are proclaiming customs not lawful for us Romans to accept, etc. And they rose up against them, tore their robes, and they beat the apostles. Here's the last lesson. If you do God's work, prepare for persecution. Paul and Silas cast the demon out and they get beaten up for it. If you're going to follow Christ and do the will of the Lord, expect to get beaten up. Martin Niemöller was a Lutheran pastor during World War II in Nazi Germany. He criticized Hitler and was thrown into jail for it. One of his friends was upset that Niemöller challenged Hitler. And he visits, Hitler's, uh, he visits Niemöller's cell and says, Pastor Niemöller, why are you here? And Niemöller looked at his friend and said, Friend... Why aren't you here? Listen, Christian, hear this. If you have a real prayer life, if you are following the Lord, the devil's afraid of you and he'll do everything he can to beat you up. You know, here's a rather distinguished pastor and says, well, I don't, I, I, I don't get disturbed by the devil. 
And somebody said, well, that's not the question. Does the devil get disturbed because of you? <laughs> so I want to encourage you to do something this week. Get a real prayer life. Start doing something to serve the Lord, and it will bother the devil, but so what? Give him a coronary. Get a prayer life. Serve the Lord. And I close with this. You know, we just read about this little girl that got delivered. And maybe you watching this show, you need deliverance. Maybe you've got a literal demon. It's hard to find them, but there are a few churches in the Twin Cities that have a deliverance ministry. So you call churches and say, do you have a deliverance ministry? I need to be prayed over. Maybe you've got a drinking problem or a drug problem. Well, then you call up Alcoholics Victorious and you have a session with them and you get some help with your drinking problem. Maybe you've got a sexual addiction or a pornography addiction. Then you Google National Coalition for Purity, a Christian group that helps men and women out of sexual sin and pornography addiction. National Coalition for Purity, they're headquartered here in the Twin Cities. You know, maybe you've got a relationship addiction or a bad marriage. There's some demon in your life. Call a Christian counselor, get some Christian help, because Jesus still, hallelujah, sets people free from all kinds of demons. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of Scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, where did the devil come from? Well, you know, Jackie, it's never clearly explained. Isn't that kind of strange? Yeah. Now, we know that the devil is not eternal. Some religions believe that God and the devil are both equal and eternal. No, no, no. God alone is eternal. He created. Now, the theory is, and I think it's a good one, God created the angels, and then some of the angels rebelled, Satan being one of them, and the fallen angels being uh, the demons now today. But they all started out as angels. I think that's a good theory. The problem is, though, it's never clearly explained. So then are you saying demons are fallen angels? That's my guess, yes. Okay. Can a Christian have a demon? I know that Christians can be oppressed by demons. I've been, but I don't think a Christian can be possessed by a demon. Because if you're a Christian, Jesus is the one who's possessing your life. But I, I've prayed with Christians. I've had to have uh, people... Uh, with me pray over people and cast demons away from Christians and out of them because you can be trouble. In fact, somebody, some de deliverance ministry guy, if I remember right, said he doesn't even pray to cast demons out of people unless they are Christians because if they're not, the demons are coming back worse. So he would only pray for people who are believers to be delivered from demons. So, you know, I, I, I don't think you can be totally possessed by a demon and be a Christian, but you can be oppressed and, and still need to have people pray over you. Okay. That makes sense. You said that the devil can do miracles. So how do you tell if a miracle is from God mm -hmm. or from the devil? Mm -hmm. Again, because Paul says a Satan can appear like an angel of light. So again, Jackie, we've said this before. If, if an angel floats into your bedroom tonight and tells you to kill your child, well, how do you know that's not the Lord? Well, the way we know, because the Bible says thou shalt not kill. You test every vision against the scripture. And if the scripture, if this, the vision contradicts scripture, that's not a vision from the Lord, it's a vision from the devil. But aren't miracles good things usually? Uh, yes, unless, like Jesus said, false prophets will come and lead away many doing false wonders. I think of Mary Baker Eddy, okay. founder of the Christian Science Church, who supposedly could do miracles, but her doctrine is very evil and unbiblical. Okay, if you read horoscopes just for fun and you don't take it seriously, mm -hmm. is that wrong? I think it is. 
you know, Jackie. A horoscope? Well, yeah. I mean, people think might think I'm legalistic. I don't even. I eat my fortune cookie. I don't read the fortune. <laughs> and you know, I don't want to go overboard on this, but the Bible teaches that fortune telling, seances, the occult, the, all that kind of stuff is really from evil. So I don't want to even get close to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think about what they're calling Christian yoga in yeah. the church? I'm, I'm grieved by it. I see some churches that are all, you know, kind of good churches even, come to our Christian yoga class this Monday. Wait a minute, yoga is from Hinduism. The reason you do yoga is to get in touch with, with you know, the ultimate. Spirits, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, with spirits. Oh, yeah, but we're just doing stretching exercises. Then don't call it yoga. I mean, I do stretching exercises too, but I don't meditate on one word over and over and try to get some kind of communion with God through that. Our communion with God comes through Jesus. So if a person feels that Satan is attacking them, mm -hmm. what should they do? Okay. Number one, make sure you're in a good church, regularly going to church. Number two, um, get a prayer partner, somebody you pray with once a week, and, and you pray for victory over the devil. Number three, what I do sometimes when I feel I'm be being under attack and temptation, I'll sing a hymn or I'll sing a Christian worship song. Uh, but being in front, talk, you know, getting an, an accountability partner, somebody you talk with once a week about your struggles and your sins, that's huge. So I, I think the reason so many Christians are in defeat is they have no one they talk to about their sins. So if you're under satanic attack and all Christians are, get a prayer partner, get a good church, of course, pray a lot, read your Bible. Okay, so does persecution come from demons and fallen angels? Mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah, I think that it can be inspired by demons. I mean, when you've got North Korea, is the worst place on earth to be a Christian. They'll just, you'll, you can be killed for being a Christian in certain places on this planet. It, is that demons doing that? Well, I think at least it's demon inspired. Okay. Yeah. So my question that I'm leading to is, do you think that persecution will come to the church in America for allowing some of the things that some of the churches are doing? It, you know, it, uh, persecution has already come to the church in America. Uh, the president now is going to try to force the Catholic Church to pay for contraceptives and abortifacients. There's a Catholic, there's a, uh, uh, an evangelical Christian, I think, in uh, New Mexico. She wouldn't do a lesbian wedding for photography. Uh, she had to pay $6,000. So it's already started. Catholic Charities of Boston had to close, they did, they did adoptions for many years. They had to close their doors now because they won't give a child to a lesbian couple. So it's already starting. Okay. Well, we want to thank you for being with us this week. Um, we thank you for your prayers and your support of this ministry. And um, we want to make you aware of our website. At the end of the program, you're going to see pastorstudy.org, two S's in it, all one word. And there you can watch previous shows or share things with friends who don't have cable television. We pray that God would bless you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.